0: Got the outline up there. The Lord just really put it on my heart. I think we're getting lazy uh, having the passages up there. He said he wants to turn in our Bibles. And that's really what he like said. You used to turning your word. You used to your word because y'all, this is where life is. Power of the Holy Spirit, in this is where life is. And so, uh, so this radical overcoming life—that's what I'm going to talk about today. And that's what you know, y'all. We just settle for mediocrity. Mediocrity, and so many times in our lives, and, and there's a fire in me, and, a, and I know it's a fire in you to be least that, that we don't settle for mediocrity. And so, you know, read this passage in Revelations chapter. We'll start at verse 10. Is that me? Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Is that my heart? Let me do this. Revelation twelve ten. I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our, our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down, who accuses them before our God day and night. And they overcame him. Can we say that together? And they and we and we overcame him. Let's say it again. And we overcame him. Why? Because the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and we do not love our lives. Even unto what death, well, y'all. That thing breaks down into a couple of areas. First off, is God's provisions for us comes to us because His provisions in the area of the blood of Jesus. You now, the blood of Jesus, awesome provision that's been given to us, overcomes Satan. Well, How does it overcome Satan? How does the blood of Jesus overcome? Main way is is that in His through His blood we have been redeemed, like Ephesians chapter one verse seven. His blood pays the debt of sin. His blood forgives us of our sins. His blood cleanses our conscience of dead works. And you know, sin is a work of the devil, and death is a result of sin. And so therefore, if Satan has nothing to pull over your head, Satan has no weapons. And so that's why the blood of Jesus is there. But now the interesting thing is, that's his provisions, what's our response. Two things here that are very, very important in Revelation 12, 11. The word of their testimony. The word of their testimony. In other words, how they live, we live our life, dictates the victory over Satan. Not what we say here on Sunday morning. It's what we do, the word of our testimony, how we live, defeats the enemy. And the second part, we do not love our lives even unto what point? Death. Oxymoron, life death. do love life unto death. Well, the interesting thing is about that, my mic has now fell. I thought I was making a weird noise. So, it's fallen. Thank you. So, but, but the key in that passage is, y'all, I just want y'all to think about that, is living the word of his testimony and loving in respect to our, and I'm going to throw, throw something there if you'll notice in our notes up there. To our soul. Now you're going to go, Rick, where does that verse at? Where, where do I see soul in relationship to that verse? If you see, notice the word life. The Greek word there for life is the Greek word suke, which literally translates soul. It, it's not about life. Like, In fact, there's two other Greek words that are translated directly, life, and one of them is bios, and this is Tammy's bios existence. Her, her physical body, your existence in this world, your bios, that's a Greek word that'll be used. Uh, another one is zoe, like in Colossians chapter 3, where it says, you know, if my, I have died and my life is hidden with Christ in God. That's zoe life. That's spiritual life. So you have bios life and zoe life. But this is not either Neither one of those Greek words. The Greek word here is soul. Now, now it's a big debate about what the soul is, and but I just want to say this to you. In fact, We'll go into the next facet there because it's very important. If we're going to, if we're going to we got to understand what our soul is. If it is a facet that enables us to overcome Satan, our soul. And a couple of facets there. I want to show you. Man, what is that noise? Can I just use this thing? Oh yeah, feel like TD Jakes. Yeah. Huh. Y'all got to help me now. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Shepard, y'all were going to stand up one time. Like shepherd that were cute, uh, kidding me one time, they were going <laughs> to. They said they were going to stand up. What were y'all yeah. do when I was preaching? BJ, yeah. BJ. Yeah, stepping down, going through, brother. So. Yeah. <laughs> Cut me. Cut me. Yeah. Cut me. <laughs> That's when you get something, say something tough. Cut me. Oh, yeah. Using. Or, you know. Yeah, that's the other one. is, is uh, But we don't believe in using right here, right? And then the other one is, that that's a, I, I heard that one time, the guy stands up and goes, done stuff in it now. You might as well go on through. You know, so, so that's it. And then, amen, hallelujah, that kind of stuff. So. Hallelujah. Boy, I was really good there. But anyway, let's go on. Soul. What is it? Now, it's, it's notice a couple of things here. The soul. What do I have there? Let's go on to the next slide. What is your soul? When you think soul, I want you to think it's your essence and your existence. Now, what do I mean when I say that? If you would, look at this passage of Scripture with me in, in uh, Matthew chapter 16. I'm going to skip over one here. But in Matthew chapter 16, now we know... Here in dwelling place, standard equipment is that we have a body and we have a soul and we're spirit. Have a spirit. In fact, I want to say it this way. You are a soul. You live in a body and you have a spirit. Your spirit gives life to your body and your spirit is that which is a communication link into the spiritual realm. But your soul is you. And I want you to notice this correlation in Matthew 16 where it talks about in verse 24... Where it says, then Jesus said to his disciples, "If anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny him what self. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever wishes to save his life, and literally that's the Greek word there for soul, whoever wishes to save his soul shall lose it. Whoever loses his life shall find it. Loses his soul. So notice the correlation there: soul to himself. So Jesus is saying. To uh, Misty, herself is equal to soul. In fact, that passage of Scripture you see in your notes there in 1 Corinthians 15.46 is a passage of Scripture from a quote from the Old Testament when it says that God breathed into Adam the breath of life and he became a what? Living what? Soul. Or in 15.46, the first Adam was a living soul and the second Adam became a life-giving spirit. See, from Adam forward, we have a we are soul, living in a soulish body. And I will not go into that detail right now. That's a big rabbit, but we will not chase that. But the essence is, it's who you are—the essence of you, your soul. When it says you do not love your life, even unto death, you don't love. You do not hold to who you are. Now let's go on one more thing I want you to establish here in this Matthew chapter 6 and Matthew chapter 10. In fact, just turn to the 10 passage and I'll read the 25. In Matthew six twenty-five, Jesus is talking about worry. And he says this, For this reason I say to you, do not be anxious for your soul as to what you shall eat or what you shall drink. And he goes on to say, is it not your soul much more than food or clothing? See, your, your soul has an existence in this realm. And that's where you see in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, where Jesus says, Do not be afraid of Him who can destroy the body, but, but fear Him who can destroy both body and soul. Where? In hell. In eternal existence. See, your, your soul either exists as it exists here, or it exists in eternity in one of two places. In the Revelations passage there in Revelation 6, 9, just for expediency, I'll speak to you what it is, It's that where all of a sudden John has a vision, he sees into heaven, and he sees the altar of God, and there before the altar of God, he sees the souls of those who were beheaded. So, your soul is who you are, the essence of who you are, and it is your very existence. So your soul does not ever cease to exist. It's you. It's you. So what in the world is it talking about that it's going to be so powerful for you and I that we have victory over Satan when we do not love our lives even unto death? Well, let me put this commercial in here real quick. And I skipped over a bunch of past scripture here, a couple of them real quick. But I want to go back. Y'all, so many times in the Christian life, we focus on dying or trying to stop from something. The guy in the region program, they're trying to stop from having drugs or some brothers or sisters may stop from having dealing with addictions to, to pornography or substances or stop whatever or even trying to do. But the, the crazy thing about, I believe the gospel of Jesus Christ about, and I think somebody spoke it, sometime. It's not about subtraction. It's about addition. It's about living, not dying. See, with Jesus, this passage in, that I skipped over in First I mean, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, if you'll know that, in verse 14, it says this, the love of Christ controls us, directs us. Having concluded this, that one died for all, therefore all died. Because why, y'all? The Christian life it's not about us dying because why? Jesus what? Already has died for us. And it goes on to says it goes on to say that, uh, oh man, I, my mind has gone blank. This is so awesome. That, um, having concluded this one, that, for all, therefore all died. And it says, He died for all that they who live should no longer live for themselves. But for him who died and rose again on behalf. It's not about us dying. It's about us what? Living. It's also not about us. It's about our love. Love your life even unto death. So the Christian life is just about living. The question is, who are you living to? The other thing is, are you, who are you dying? I mean, who are you loving? Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14... He says, you're not restrained by us, you're restrained by your own affections, what we fall in love with. In fact, you've heard me say it before, and I preached a sermon on this about two or three years ago, that the love, love is the primary vehicle and method in the new covenant. Fear was, was the main method in the old covenant in many different ways. But love is the main thing command love you god with all your heart soul mind and strength jesus says i give you another commandment that you love one another what even as i have loved you and then he goes on to say no greater love than a man to lay down his life for a friend so it's love but like you've heard me say the question is am i going to love god but then where you see in second second timothy where it talks about love of self love of pleasure rather than lover of god um There's one more in there, love of money. And there's the love of the world and the things of the world. And so, in fact, it says in 1 John, it's so hard. If you love the world or the things of the world, the love of the Father is not in you. And so the whole thing in the new covenant is, where am I living to? And what am I loving? And the thing is, the word of our testimony, living And I do not love my life even unto what? My death, my soul. Now, what we're going to do is to find out what this means definition. Loving my soul. We're going to take a passage, a phrase that Jesus repeats in the the Gospels at least five times. And he says this statement He who seeks to save his life shall what? Lose it. He loses his life for my sake and the gospel shall what? Find it. So if you seek to save your soul, you lose it. If you, seek to, if you lose your soul, you'll find it. What does that mean? And it gets expressed in five different ways. And if you would, just sort of follow me along within the, in this in Luke chapter 9, verse 22. One of the first ways that Satan will test us in this love or living is in the area of our physical existence. Now, he who seeks to save his soul shall lose it. First way that Satan will put before you is the fear of dying. The fear of dying. Now, I want you to give this picture of a path. Like I'm walking along a path and all of a sudden it forks. And i got two ways to go. To the right is to save my life. Whatever it is I describe. My soul and whatever I describe it. Here is my physical existence. Or, Lord, I don't... I give it up. I lay it down. My life. I don't lay it down. I just, Lord, whatever. Whatever. And, and let me just say this, y'all. When you bear the name of Jesus, you don't have to try to die. You know what it happens why we're not of this what and the world is what passing away we' we're going from death unto life, and the world's going from death to death that's a past scripture but look at this in luke nine twenty two he says that i'm a, he um, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be what? Killed. Suffer and be killed. And be raised on the third day. And He was saying to them all, if anyone wishes to come after Me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow Me. Now watch this. Here's the key phrase. Whoever wishes to save his soul shall lose it. But it is, but. Whoever loses his soul for my sake, he is the one who shall save it. That is in the context of physical existence. Y'all, I deal with this all the time. Going to, to the Middle East. I mean, y'all, I, 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 listen to how I talk. I mean, I'm country. Go, go on, Jason. In the flesh, we're from Okeechobee. But God calls somebody from Okeechobee to go to the Middle East where I have to have an interpreter for their interpreter to interpret. <laughs> you know. But in that place, you know, Paul, it really scared Paul, last time when I was going to the Middle East, I had to resolve in my heart. I knew I was doing some things illegal that I had to resolve in my heart that I may not come back. That my physical existence, I had to consider myself as loss. And, you know, and that's why I really, Ron Bernard is just such a hero to me. Is that Because what somebody does in a split second tells you what's in their heart. And you know, about three years ago when Ron, all of a sudden, you know, the little boy is right next to him, and all of a sudden the little boy runs out in the middle of a pickup truck. And Ron, at that point in time, he has to make a choice. He loses, to lose his life. And Ron runs out, y'all know the story, grabs the boy, pushes the boy, throws the boy across the road, and Ron gets hit. Ron laid down his life. His physical existence, in order that he might what gain it, and I'll I'll go on that later. And that's an example of this that where Jesus goes. Let me tell you something: you seek to lose it. I mean, you seek to save it, you'll lose it. That's number one. Number two is interesting. Is notice with me in Mark chapter eight, verse thirty-four: the prestige of this world and the success of this world. The world tries to seduce us by going, okay, you can succeed in this world. But notice in in 8.34, well, I'm going to be back up to verse 32. This is where Jesus tells him in verse 31 that he's going to be rejected and he's going to suffer. Peter takes him aside and rebukes Jesus. Now, again, we're going to find the statement, that common denominator statement that Jesus used here in a few minutes. But notice the context when he's speaking it. Turning around, and notice what he says. Seeing who? Seeing the disciples. Seeing the disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you're not setting your mind on God's interest, but whose? Man's. There's the issue that is at stake man's interest, man's success. Peter and them, they're thinking, oh, man, you're going to have a kingdom. You have a have big ministry here, Jesus. We're following you along, man. we lot—we got something here going down. You're healing people. Crowds are following. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, man, you're going to die. I'm going to die. And Peter rebukes him. Because why? He's got his mind set on success and prestige in relationship to men. And I could go and tell you testimony after testimony of opportunities of brothers and sisters in the Lord have opportunity to have the success of the world, and go no. I want a, a good. I, I could say a good friend, not a good friend, but a a guy that Paul and I got to know early in his career, a guy named Chris Collinsworth. You see him on I think Fox now. Net worth. Well, when Chris was a uh, in at University of Florida, as a wide receiver, all-American wide receiver at, at University of Florida, Chris was walking hardcore with Jesus. I, I don't know whether he is now or not, but I uh, had a hard, a hard, a hardcore heart toward the Lord. And Chris came down to Okeechobee and was helping us deal Jesus down there one time. And Chris uh, had an opportunity to receive all-American honors from uh, from. From Playboy, you know how I'm used to, I don't know if they still do that or not, but, because I don't have circle, in that circles anymore, but it <laughs> tells you my background back then. But, but uh, they had all-American honors. They would recognize all-Americans. And they, it was a big deal back in the day. Well, Chris goes, no, I will not receive that. He refused that honor. He refused to go. And all just counted at loss all american no and so here's a choice at times y'all when the world will offer you success and you go it's either this or nothing it seems like or nothing and so there's times y'all your physical life at the fork or or success in relationship to the world will you compromise Will you cost? Now, notice the third one. Now, here's the one that's very controversial. Did you find out about that? Did you get it set up? Notice this one. in, uh, go with me in Matthew chapter ten, and also if you had a, a spare finger, Mark, uh, Luke chapter fourteen. This one's controversial, and I'm sure that I'm going to say some things that some people are not going to like. But so sad. Notice this statement in verse 36. He says, A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. He who loves son or or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And he who does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. And he goes on, And it see, He who has found his life, soul, shall save it. He loses it. And he who has lost his life for my sake shall find it. So He's talking about relationships. Notice this in Luke Luke 14. It gets even more intense. And notice Jesus just includes everything. And He says in this statement in Luke 14, If anyone comes to Me and does not hate his own father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be My disciple. Well, what's the word hate mean, y'all? We know it. Push away. Push away. If anyone loves... If I love Paula more than Jesus, guess what? I'm not worthy of Jesus. If I do not hate Paula in relationship to Jesus, remember, push away, I'm not worthy of, of Jesus. I can't be Jesus' disciple. And y'all, I'm going to tell you what, It's it, you look at the gamut, father, mother, wife, sons, daughters, brothers, sisters, no relationship outside the scope that we're... It will be tested. That where you'll be at this crossroads, where all of a sudden, to the right, Jesus. Over here, a relationship. Some type of relationship, and Jesus goes, he who seeks to save his soul in the area of relationships, will what? Lose it. Y'all, I, I, I can't get on an airplane That I don't cry every time going. Why am I doing this? You know. Paula. She has to fight. She tells me this every time. She has to fight in her heart. Not to build walls. Because when I go. So much. She goes. It hurts. But Paula's got a choice. She going to love me. More than Jesus, Shay and Michelle, when they were little, and I guarantee you this: Satan will test us in that. In that point, I remember when they. Here's how he'll really test us. I remember when I'd go do conferences or retreats. Shay or Michelle would get sick. Many times I've gone on trips, and on the times I'm on trips, one time Michelle's horse dies, another time or. The hamster died? No, that's big, y'all. Don't, that's big. It is big. A small animal, big to a little girl. And big to a dad's heart when his little girl's heart hurt. But when I would go, Satan would come behind, and you go, and I know what he was testing me on. Are you going to back down? Are you going to back down? Are you going to back up? I see what I see. You know, people many times, oh, well, if I step out there, he's going to attack my family. That's the time to charge. Because there's nothing that Satan can hold on my head. No relationship. I cannot love my relationships. Even under what? Death. I heard about the guy in the, overseas. You may have heard me share this before, but it's when the Iron Curtain was up. And when the guy was, he would preach the gospel, they would throw him in prison and they'd torture him. And he would be in there for a number of years. He's married and has kids. And they would release him. And he'd preach the gospel. They would throw him back in prison. They'd torture and torment him. And, and they would release him again and be in there for, after, after being in there a number of years. That happened about four or five times. And finally, he was, when he was older and they re- finally released him, the younger guys came to him and said, Let us preach the gospel. Let us preach it now. We'll pay the price. We'll go to prison. You've paid the price. He says, No, I'll never stop. And, you know, the cool thing was, Interesting thing—he did not love his life even unto death, and that's a place that where he overcame Satan. Because at that point in time, the 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 govern, the rulers in that region at that time said, "Let him out! We can't stop him. They couldn't stop him." But that was a guy that the mass vast majority of his life with his family, y'all, was spent in prison for the gospel. And I, my conviction is. He gained. He did not what? Lose. You know, one of the... In Dwelling Place, we sing a a lot of Misty Edwards songs. One of the things that really ministers to my heart about Misty Edwards is, is not her songs, just her songs, the content of her songs, is the reality of her songs. You know, it's one thing somebody talk it, the word of their testimony, but when Michelle was telling me the testimony of Misty Edwards is that when she was 18, that she resolved in her heart for 10 years she would not pursue another lover. She would not seek a relationship with another person. That she would set her heart to the Lord and pursue Him and Him alone for 10 years. And, and I, what did you say? She's Now she's, that's been about 8 or 9 years now. And she's 26 or 27 now. After all that period of, And you know what's happened? Interesting thing, when she established that back in, when she was 18, the fruit of that is manifesting itself now. And I want to play a song real quick that embodies this bit where Jesus is saying, you seek to love me. Love, I mean, love others more than me. You can't be my disciple. Now, but now hear this, y'all. This isn't the point of overcoming Satan. Because I tell you this. Listen very carefully. If Satan at any point in time can hold relationships over your head to where you have to live and love to that relationship, you will be defeated. But God is not calling us to defeat. He's calling us to live and love to what? Him. I want you all to listen to a little bit of this song, if you would. Turn If you would play it. Listen to the words of this from the depths. This happened, I think she wrote at the beginning. Me fine. We just stay in that. Uh, did you hear that heart there? There is no what, uh, she said. No loss. I mean, that—that that is the heart of what I'm trying to speak here today. Where relationships, you do not love your life in the area of relationships, has to lose this. Live in love to Jesus. To Jesus. i I'm going to skip the others in depth. But the other two things you can look at there were in relationship to, to possessions, the things of this world, Jesus uses it, it, the statement, he who seeks to save his life shall lose it. The other one is, it's really interesting to me, it's got to do with purpose. And we made a mistake in years past in dwelling place, and pursue your purpose, pursue your purpose, pursue your passions. And in doing that, we caused many of you to stumble. Because it's not about your, your passions. It's not about your purpose. It's about His purpose. And there will be that place that we're, where Satan will take you down this road and it looks like you can pursue this the very passions and purposes of your life. And you've got to choose. One of my favorite testimonies of this is a guy, the Carter Randall's son-in-law, Carter Randall's a guy, one of the leaders in the church in Boone. is a real good friend of mine. He's been here a number of times. In fact, his son-in-law has been here. And it's a really cool test son, son-in-law. Yeah, son-in-law. And, uh, and so the really interesting thing, when this guy, when he graduated, I forgot his name too, wasn't it? But uh, Carter's son-in-law, when he graduated from college, was graduated in the uh, area of, of videography, movies, and theater. Sort of like Shay. In fact, I hooked him up with Shay when he was in town and And he had an opportunity to go to new york and and pursue the dreams and passions within in, in New York New York and video and movies and stuff like that, even though a lot of us in the out west, but he had opportunities in New York and these opportunities, or there was an opportunity to serve as a youth director in an inner city, a small inner city church, and he was at this place, my passions, my dreams or Be a youth director in a inner city church. And so he just heard the Lord, and the Lord just the gist of it was the Lord said, Live, live to me. So he chose, he turned his back here on what his perceived, his dreams, his passions, and said, Lord, I want to live to you. I want to live to you. And he started ministering into the inner city. Y'all, in these black and I'm not mistaken, he got beat up. Roughed up, it was rough, and here he forsook this big thing, the lights and glory for this, and it's tough and it's hard. And he made that choice. But I'll say the story doesn't end there. And I want to say this from this point. Now, repeat this with me. He who seeks to save his life (laughs) shall lose it. Now, we identified life or soul there as five things working backwards with thinking about your physical existence, the prestige and success of the world, relationships, possessions, and your purpose and your dreams. But repeat this part. He who loses his soul, he who loses his soul. Shall, find it. shall find it. That's the exciting part. Look at this with me in, in, uh, in Mark chapter 10. Peter's at this place. Where Jesus is telling him, telling him about how the salvation of God is so impossible. He does it he speaks with a rich young ruler, where he tells him, tells him it's just like a a a camel going through an eye of a needle. That's a literal needle, y'all. There's no gate in Jerusalem called the Needle Gate, according to the research that I've done, and they say that's Christian fables, so don't ever use that. Um, but Jesus is presenting this whole thing about impossibility, and I love what what Peter says here. It just sort of puts it to it. He says they were even more, verse twenty six. They were even more astonished and said to him, "Then who can be saved?" And then, and then looking upon them, Jesus says, "With men it is impossible; with God, for all things are possible." With God, for all things are possible. With God. And Peter began to say to him, "Behold, we have left everything and we followed you." We've left everything, Jesus. Okay, we have loved you. We have, we've left everything. Now notice Jesus' response. This is big. Truly I say to you, there is no one who has left houses or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or farms for my sake or for the gospel's sake, but that he shall receive, get this, a hundred times as much in the present age, houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, farms, along with I don't know why you threw this in there persecutions in the, in the age to come, eternal life. In this age, in the age to come, guess what, y'all? there's return. There's return. The thing is, is what we've got to do is we've got to choose, at those forks in the road, we do not live to themse- ourselves. In any point in time, Satan will give those to us. That's why the, it's interesting that song starts off. How, what's the first phrase? How does it start off? Huh? Pardon me? I will waste my life. I will waste my life and then it goes on what? I will, I will be tested and what? Tried. I'm going, that's hardcore. What did she just pronounce into herself? That she's going to be at one of those forks. But guess what? Is her heart going to totally abandon itself to the lover of Jesus or it will look for another lover? I mean, that's where, I'll be honest with you, many of you in this place have been. And I, and I don't want you to think in a negative sense, oh, no, you're giving it all up. But I want to say this to you, y'all. He says he promises a hundred times as much in this age and the age to come the guy that I was telling you about, Cardinal's son-in-law. Guess what? So here he is slaving. I'm going to use that term. He was serving in an in inner city church, totally abandoned out from every place and everything. And all of a sudden, Michael W. Smith does this movie with Steve Taylor. And I don't know if y'all seen it, A Second Chance. Really cool. Well, they kept trying to cast for, for, for the youth director on there. And they were making... I mean, and to to do that, you had to present all this... I don't know enough about this. My ignorance is going to... Portfolio, resume, and all kind of crazy stuff that had to be with it. And, And he didn't have any of that stuff. And they kept trying to cast for this youth director in this movie, and they couldn't find anybody. They couldn't find the spot. And all of a sudden, one of his friends just goes to him. He says, listen, why don't you just try out for this role? And so he goes... And he does, and he and he tries out for the role, and he gets the part. That which he forsook, all of a sudden, came to him. And out of this act, how do you this scene? I don't know if y'all ever seen that movie, Second Chance. I, I, Paul and I really like it. And uh, the really cool thing is that it's about about a church in the inner city of Nashville, and it has this youth director who's alongside, it, and the youth director gets beat up. And it was the same thing that had happened to him in the physical. And the crazy thing about it was, after he was in that movie, then all of a sudden, guess what? All these offers started coming in the Spirit to do the very dreams that he had. He didn't live his life to his dreams past. He says, Lord, I live to you. And let me tell you something. God's not the big nerd in the sky. You know, his heart is like, from my, my, like, uh, like my heart is from Michelle. To see totally blessed. But he knows that if we love relationships, possessions, our lives, success in this world, or there's a fifth one, my mind is forgotten, more than him, Satan will defeat us. We're defeated. So his heart, his call, says, live to me at all costs. Love me at all costs. I'm going to be honest with you all. I don't want to love anything that's not Jesus. Sports. I love sports. But you know the end result of me watching sports? It ends up with who? Why do, I, why do I watch the Super Bowl? You know why I watch the Super Bowl? Kurt Warner. I was praying to hear him preach at the end. Mitch was making fun of me. then, Because... That's, I don't want to, you know, y'all. I, that was my life before. That was it. But all I want to do now is see it end up with Jesus. That's why I was so heavily involved with Fellowship of Christian Athletes. I don't care what it is. It's Jesus. That's what it says. In all our ways, let it end up what? Knowing Him. And, y'all, in that place, there is no defeat. Paul and I have been there time and time again that where God said, lose it, lose it. Where we're thinking lose it. I mean, I'm sorry, he didn't say lose it. He says, live to me. He said, live to me. And when we say we're living to him, it looks like, oh, we've got to lose it. But in what we thought was losing it, we were really finding it. Only God can do that. Resurrect. Now he told me to do something today and I gotta find out where I'm gonna do this at. Let me see here. Where's uh he told me earlier, where's uh a, a nursing that that shoots that. Gene, can I borrow you? Bring your pocketbook. Now, if you know what I'm about to do, then uh, then uh, don't say anything. But one of my favorite old TV shows was Let's Make a Deal. Wow. You remember that show, Jane? No. Oh! Do what? You remember that show? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to? You want I'm going to ask you if you want to play a game. I, I got all this money. And I've come here to invest. Okay, make a deal. So, you and I—I I want to invite you to make deals with me. Okay? And I feel like a pimp with this money, but. What's <laughs> he I mean, no. I mean, this is Okeechobee. Ain't this right, brother? We see it down there, brother. I mean, you got to remember, I worked in a convenience store in the in that section, man. They pull out here and pull out a lot of cash, and you know they—you know where they've been from, brother. So anyway, yeah, y'all got to excuse me. You got to remember where I'm from. So anyway, but what I want to do is us make deals, okay? Now, there's three or four, you can sit down if you want to. I'll let you take this choice. But is there's a couple things about it. This is for real. This is not a game, okay? So what we do at the end of it, we can do with whatever we want, Okay, okay. Now, the other thing I've got before I ask, there's two things. Do you trust me? (laughs) Don't look at (laughs) him. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, now here. Now, in that, I will tell you this, that I give you my word, that you'll be richer when you sit down, that's when you stood up, that you will not suffer loss, okay? Now, I've got some fives here, and I've got some ones, So, but what I'm going to ask you have to do is, is that I want to buy from you your driver's license, and I'll give you $4 for your driver's license. <laughs> One, two, three. Okay. Five, five, five. $5 for driver's license. Okay. Sure, I'll put it right here. Okay. $5 for driver's license. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, I'll give you $3 for your shoes. No? Okay. Sure. $3 for your shoes. You don't want to send me $5 for your driver's license, $3 for your shoes. Okay. Have you got a pen? I'll buy a pen from you for a dollar. A what? An ink pen. ink pen. Or a pencil. Okay, a pencil. I'll give you a okay. dollar. Sh- I'll give you $5 for your driver's license, $3 for your shoes, but I got a pencil. Okay, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll give you, where's that? I lost it. I'll give you $10 for your wedding ring. Huh? (laughs)
1: $10 whole dollars.
0: Now, Now remember what I promised you that you would be richer when you sat down than when you stood up and that you would not suffer loss. So I'll give you ten dollars for your driver's license, I mean for your wedding ring. I'll give you two dollars for a Kleenex. <laughs> okay. So I got a Kleenex and I got a pencil. Okay. So I got a Kleenex and a pencil, right? Now, let me repeat this. I will give you $5 for your driver's license, $4 for your shoes, huh? Oh, $3 for your shoes, and $10 for your wedding ring. You sure? None of those you don't. it. Okay. Okay, well here it is. Okay, there it is. And I said it here. It's there. Okay? But now, at the end, I told you at the end of this, I could choose we could choose to do with what we wanted to do with these things. Right? So I choose this, and I chose this beforehand that I give this to back to you. No. <laughs> no? That's yours. But now. This could have been yours, too. Right? And you would have not suffered loss. Right? So you could have made $18. And you could have took him out to eat. (laughs) (laughs) Do what? (laughs) $18. Three. You got three. Why did I ask for a driver's license? Identity. So many times we hold on to our identities. Why did I ask for a wedding ring? Relationship. And her shoes. (laughs) But, so so the thing is, is Gene has, you can sit down now. But she did. Did she stand up richer? But she could have been what? Richer. Richer. (laughs) (laughs) My money. What are you talking about? It's easy for you to say, well, your money. (laughs) Do what? (laughs) Huh? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're trying right now. Every one of us in this room, God's playing, let's make a deal. Every one of us, there's points in time where it's hard. And I mean, Jean knew this is real. I mean, she's going, $5 for a driver's license. And well, God, y'all, now, now, really, really, be honest with a 100% honesty, why did you not trade with me? Because you didn't what? She didn't trust me. I did it in the first service with Beverly Hickman. And she did the same thing. And she said, "Why didn't I? well, I didn't trust that you were going to do what you said. But y'all, what we've got to realize with God, you cannot suffer loss. And that's why in that song is that she says, I will lose my life. That's what she's singing in that song. I will live, I will love no other. See, it's in me loving Jesus the most and going wherever and whatever he says that enables me to love Paula the most. Paula don't want me at home if I'm supposed to be in Serbia. So the question is, what are we going to do? So, here, take Jim out. So, but anyway, let's come up here. Let's close this out because God is calling us. And some of us have been holding on to things that I believe that the Lord is saying, hey, release Release, so that you may, what? If you lose it, you'll what? Gain it. You can't out give God. You can't out love God. That which we think is love here, y'all, yeah, will not satisfy. So, let's pray, Father. I just ask you to quicken our hearts in this place. The Lord in the in areas like a. The game I played with Gene, Lord, that where we hold on to who we are. Lord, more than just abandonment of who you are. Lord, and like the song that we wrote, Lord, we'll take your name. Lord, forgive us in places and times we're ashamed of your name. Lord, that we're we're in a place of school or business or a grocery store. That, Lord, your name was a point of embarrassment for us. Or Lord, or where we've held on to the prestige, the success of this world, or living to this world, or what we want, Lord, forgive us, Lord. We want You, knowing, Lord, is that when we invest with You, You tell us we will gain. We will not suffer loss.